on? Why have I quit my job? Why have I, you know, bought a van? And, and why am I going to drive around the country? Well, I'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard. And I want to stitch these stories together across the states. We're going to find the commonalities. And it's going to be really an amazing experience. And I look forward to you joining me on the job. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Mental Health Today. It's your host, Ken. And it's a uh, it's a beautiful day outside here. I just rolled into Memphis, Tennessee. I've got my first interviews tomorrow. I've got two interviews tomorrow with the JAR podcast. Should be epic. Had another great one yesterday. And, uh, you know, just some running files, loading files up into the Internet, charging batteries, driving around the country. And in the meantime, I get to hear some really great stories on the mental health side. Uh, around this podcast, Mental Health Today, sponsored by the JAR Foundation, uh, you know, helping us really get really like scrape around the corners of the world to find what's going on in different places uh, around mental health. You know, and it's not just about therapists. I think a lot of us have a really narrow, I definitely had a narrow view of what was going on in the mental health space um, just about eight weeks ago when I started this podcast and I've had some great guests on and I've heard some, you know, amazing things that are happening in the space. And I think Alan, our, our guest today, Alan Cox is, is doing some pretty interesting stuff and he's also got a cool story that, that kind of goes with it. So Alan, welcome to the show. Thanks a bunch for spending some time with us. Who are you? What are you doing in the space? What got you here? What's oh. driving you? Yeah, no, oh, thanks uh, very much for having me on here, Ken. Um, I'm really excited about uh, today's show. Um, yeah, look, um, I remember once having this conversation with um, a counsellor. Um, I'd, I'd not long, so basically I'd, I'd come very close to being killed in the Canterbury earthquakes. I'd had a, a mm. major breakdown and I was talking to this counsellor and um um, I told her my story and she laughed and said, um, I'm surprised you're even here, you know, and that wasn't, that wasn't the earthquake thing. It was just, there's, I think there's just been, like I, I had, um, very, very quickly, I had, um, quite an abusive childhood. Um, ah. I was, um, you know, that, that led to years of struggle with my mental health, you know, very yep. low self esteem and all that, yep. um, dec decades of, you know, st struggles with, you know, depression, um, multiple suicide attempts. Um, and yeah, there was, there was kind of, um, um, like the, the first kind of mini aha moment, if you like, for me was, you know, I, I was in a position where I was hopeless, you know, I was, I was just mm. in a dark tunnel, not knowing wh which way was which, or even if there was a way out. And, um, and I watched this program on depression and it really illuminated things for me and gave me hope. Oh. It, it showed me that, um, look, this stuff that's going on in my yes. head, yes, it's, it's real. It's not, it's not like an imaginary problem. You know, like I think people often think like, People that are depressed are, oh, you know, just just get up and shake it off, you know, that kind yes, of thing. Yes. But there's um 
there's a lot of physical stuff going on, right? That you know, my my after years of struggle, my hippocampus would have been probably twenty percent, thirty percent shrunken, right? And and that has that has an impact. <laughs> that's, um, and um, that's a big impact. So there's all this stuff making me feel the way I was mm. feeling, um, and and it showed me all this stuff was reversible. So so for that that was my big ah. harm moment, really, um, and my my second like aha moment, <clears throat> if you like, was once I got onto this path of actively working on my mental well-being, this monumental shift happened in my life where my relationships improved, my creativity yes. improved. There was, there was just so many benefits. And that was like, that was my second aha moment thinking, oh my God, you know, like, um, I've been missing out on so much. Right? Yes. Yeah. And, yes. Um, and then my third kind of big aha moment, which has really led me on to where I am today, was when I was looking at the data around mental health, practically all of the conversation is around poor mental health, you know, like, um, mm. and I'm not dismissing that at all you know people that have struggles with mental health is is serious but the the much bigger problem is the people that i put in the just okay bucket you know that's 60 to 70 percent of the whole oh, oh uh, it, it, definitely a majority yeah, yeah. that um, just oh barely okay yeah and they're not if they was to go to a doctor they wouldn't they wouldn't get classified as mentally unwell you know, yeah. the, you know they would say oh you you're you're a bit stressed you're a bit burnt out mm. or you need to take a bit of time out or whatever but anyway that was i guess the third mm. realization was oh my god like just imagine what the world could be what society could be if everyone ah. was that mm. bit better you know yeah and um yeah so so um what i'm doing now i i have um I have uh, an impact. So it's, it's, it's a company, but it's a, an impact venture called Ever Yellow, and we've we've created a mental fitness app. So we're kind of trying to destigmatize it, you know. So mm. it's it's working on your mental fitness, um, and it's getting incredible results. You know, there's there's um there's a massive problem in the mental well being space. Uh, sorry, the mental well being app space in that. Um, there's literally hundreds of apps, but there's actually very little evidence that any of them actually help in any meaningful way. Um, hmm. The retention rate on these apps is diabolically low. You know, like yeah. even, oh, I'm I'm sure it's shocking. Oh, it's shocking. Like even even yeah. the like I won't mention names, but even the the best performing apps, the ones that you would have heard of, like your meditation apps and what have you. Only three point six percent of people are still using those apps after fourteen days, right? So you've literally, you've literally got a situation where there are billions of people in the world, to a certain degree, struggling with their mental well-being, yet they're not being served by the apps that are out there for them. So that's so that's that's why we yeah. decided to solve so that problem. Like a, yeah, it's like a hmm. And yeah. how do you? I mean, how do you do that? How do you get, how do you get 
part of people's mind share, you know, where they think about it and, and they're going to use the app. How does that work? Um, well, how, how do we get them aware of the app or how does the app? Yeah. Work? Once, once you've got them, once you've got them as a client, how do you, how do you get that mind share? How do you get that, that change of behavior? All oh, right. Okay. So, so to answer that, let me just step back a moment. Yeah. Right? Is okay. that when, when we looked at, you know, we was curious, obviously, I mean, I, I come from a design and, you know, user research background. So, um, I was really curious, why aren't these apps working? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, what's sure, happening? I'm, sure, I'm sure they had good intent when they was designed. Um, and a lot of them have, you know, um, very well-respected psychologists behind them, that yes. kind of thing. And we, we found basically three things. Um, we found that um, people, one of the reasons was people basically found them mundane and tedious they just they just you know if, if you you know like you're not going to listen to a radio station that you don't like right yes and 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 the same as with an app if you if you if you're um if you want to spend time with an app it's got to be something that you enjoy spending time with yes, yeah. it's really really simple it's, it's basic um the second thing was is people basically found it very challenging to do some of the things that the apps are asking them to do. Hmm. Um, so like e even something, what sounds like simple, like meditation, about 70% of people would never do that. Like they, they, they don't have the, the time, the space that it makes them feel awkward, whatever. Right. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. And, um, and the third one was, and it's probably a combination of those two first things together. The third thing was, is that people would try these apps for a week, two weeks, and literally feel no difference. So that, so they'd give up. Ah. And um, hmm. I actually went back to part part of my recovery when I had. So I had not long had a major mental breakdown. I um, I could only function awake for a couple of hours at a time. I couldn't walk very far. My speech was slurred. And um, and I had not long seen this program about uh, depression that I told you yes. about. Good God. Um, so I, I was really intrigued to start learning, but I, I couldn't even read anything without not, not having remembered the thing that I just read, you know, that, that's where my mind was. So, so I turned to YouTube, right. And I started just consuming content on YouTube. And then I made these playlists of, you know, motivational content, educational content. It was the easiest way for me to consume the content. And I would just listen to this when I was awake I, and even when I went to sleep, like, like my, my wife would go off to work at like 8.30 or whatever it was, I would then go off to bed again, right? And I would put my headphones on, go to sleep and within, within a few weeks, I felt a shift had happened and I, I just felt different. And to cut a long story short, um wind forward like five years because it it took me about <laughs> that time to work wow. out what what worked on me there right and i i took this hypothesis to a um to this top psychologist who 
uh, she actually is on uh, she actually heads up a department at the world health organization so she's like top top rank right and i i said look i i think the way this worked on me is first of all um it was personalized to me because obviously i'd picked the things yeah, that were right okay. for me yep um <clears throat> i think it was um there was repetition theory. Like I was being, there was, I was given an education that I never got at school. Like we, we don't, we, we don't learn about matters of the mind or yeah, got a good positive. Stuff. Yep. Yeah. None of that. So I said, like, I think I was getting an education. I think there was repetition theory. I think there was personalization. I think there was psychoacoustics is when you blend messaging with, music and sound it, it basically helps the messaging absolutely like, absolutely sound is better. healing sound is good and um yeah so i said like that's how i think it worked on me my hypothesis is to create an app that demands nothing of you we we get to learn about you by asking you some questions we then you then download to your app your personalized set of content like narrations and you know um and we'll we'll basically generate these tailored experiences that blend um messaging you know like no education knowledge motivation yes. guidance with music and sound and we'll make it a really enjoyable experience you know you can you can even change the music to be how you want the music to be like if you want classical or you want whatever um what do you think and i was kind of expecting to be shot down and and she said no look i love it um and i want to help you uh, bring it to life so it's it's um wow it's, it's been a struggle <laughs> like it, it's you know it's taken us about three years to get to where we are now and um, we got to a point late last year where we we were doing rounds of validation like research, and we would we would recruit people on the basis of one um, their mental well being had to be like within a range of like three to six kind of thing. They were motivated to like, improve their mental well being. Um, and they weren't currently using any other apps or interventions. Um, so once we got those people in, we then got them, we got them to use the app for a month. But even within one week, 78% um, of people um, improved at least marginally um, over all 10 measures of well-being. So that's... Um, mm improved sleep motivation um positivity optimism energy you know so but what was actually really exciting is um even in even within one week um around 40 to 50 percent of people had a um moderate to significant improvement um in things like self worth and um, motivation, uh, things like yeah, that. of so, course. So course. yeah, it's it's getting great results. Uh, I think our um, yeah, it's we're, we're just delighted. Like it's, it's helping thousands of people. Um, it we we have a you know as as a 
as an impact organization, um, we believe that money should never be a barrier to well-being. Um, so we have a free version of the app that is comprehensive and always available. Mm. Um, and you know, it's not it's not like one of these BS free trial things where yes. you get cut off after seven days. Um, and and by the way, all of that validation research was done on the free version of the app. Um, and we have a premium version of the app that basically helps to pay our bills and the ongoing development. So mm -hmm. I guess my general um, pitch, if you like, is, look, regardless, just download the app. You've got nothing to lose. Just give it a go. Um, and you can use it for free. If, if you are one of those people that can afford to pay some money, um, please do so because you're you're helping to 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 keep the ship rolling forward yeah to and to help pay for people who can't yeah. yeah yeah very cool um and how on distribution wise what do you what are your ideas so far on on getting it out to people is it going to go through i think workplace seems like a place a platform people do um retail seems hard uh what what are your thoughts on on getting the message out, and where do you think the the greatest bang can happen for you? I mean, um, I mean yeah, not so financially, that's... but I mean the motivation part of saving, you know, getting this in as many people's hands. Yeah. Um, so, look, to be honest, um, you know, I'm still learning on the job, right? Mm. Um, my my skills are more in that. Um, what's called the business to consumer side. So like basically selling yes. direct and, and, and yes. we, um, we would be, um, so, so you get it through the apps, you know, it's available mm -hmm. through both to the app stores, um, right. Both app stores. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's basically our primary kind of focus, if you like, mm -hmm. um, we have, we, we do see that in terms of amplification, yes. um, going, th you know, partnering with, companies so that they can provide it to their employees mm. um partnering with organizations that want to promote this to you know their people um then you know like for example if you're um if you're uh, say you know a federation of farmers or something like that you know right, um, right. Ju just just by um offering this to your people, you know, you can, you can make a big impact on your sector of the industry, you know, that kind of thing. So, mm. but I, like, I, I don't really have those connections. I'm quite, yeah. I'm quite reliant on um, basically like what, what has been happening is um, some like, I, I call them new paradigm leaders, right? You, you've, yes. my observation is that you've got, leaders that are old paradigm they just keep on spending money on things that just aren't working you know like um burnout is at an all-time high yet they're still doing workshops and all these things that have virtually no impact whatsoever right <laughs> exactly right yeah um and that's why do they do that well that's that's the old paradigm that's the way it's always been done right yes um but you've got new paradigm leaders. You know, there's one particular one just recently where um, 
one of these people, uh, one of these leaders come across our app. They used it for a while. They reached out and said, hey, look, you've got something fantastic here. It's working on me. I'd like you to, I'd like to introduce you to our wellbeing team. And, you know, it's taken, yeah, a, exactly. taken a month or so, but we're now in there. So, um, yeah, um, I, th I think until, I mean, um, when, when I say we, it is mm. literally me. Um, <laughs> it's, it's literally me and my, my family of contributors, right? I, I basically um, have a team of, people that I outsource all my work yeah, to. Okay. Um, so I, I do um, I do see them as the Evielo family and I, mm. I include them when I, when I talk about we, you know, this isn't, um, it's not, it's not just me that's created this. It's the creation of some, you know, a group, a, you know, a band of talented people. Yeah, of, of course, um, of course. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, un until we've got a bigger team, um, I am reliant on those new paradigm leaders to give it a try, see what it does for them and think, hey, look, you know, the, this is kind of one of the ways I convey this, right, is um, um, I'll, I'll say two things. If you if you was a farmer, right, and you yes. had a crop, and that crop is your is your you know, ah, the, the the yield from that crop is what will feed yes. your bank account, right? Yes. If you see that there's something wrong with that crop, you will nurture it to the nth degree, right? Now, that that kind of um, sad crop is basically the workforce that most of us mm. are, uh, most companies have right and um if you think of it in terms of like say a v8 engine right their their, their company is running like a v8 engine only firing on four or five cylinders right oh yeah you know and but because it's not visible right it it's you know so that's that's why the these new paradigm thinkers uh, the leaders need to think you know basically see Crikey, if, if that has done that for me, if I'm if I'm showing up to work as a better version of myself, if I'm sleeping better, if I'm having better relationships at home and I'm not worrying about it at work, if I'm able to perform better and be more creative, if I'm able to solve problems yeah. easier, you know, just imagine what that can have for our company. You know, it's 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 really really simple. You know, it's. The math on it, I've seen some of the data on the math on this, and it's something like a 4x for employers. And, and I'm, yeah, well, I would doubt it's bigger than that. Yeah, if you, um, one, of the, um, one of the best metrics that I've seen that kind of really, really kind of um, emphasizes the potential impact of doing the right things in terms of mental well-being and proactive mental fitness of your people is is just around burnout right okay so forget about everything else yes. forget about people that have anxiety you know i don't mean forget about them I'm, I'm just saying for the purpose of this discussion just burnout right yeah um that that 
is impacting a minimum of 50 to 70% of your people at any one time, right? And, and the cost of that um, at, at the best end is $2,000 for every $10,000 in salary, right? Oh. Oh. Yeah. And, and, at the, <laughs> and at the other end, it's more like 4000 it's it's just it's just horrendous and um and it's quite sad really because it's it's easily fixable you know it's... i i i talked to um i talked to like i was talking to a very quite a big engineering company recently mm-hmm. with something like 50,000 people around the world and i was talking to the head of well-being and i i almost couldn't believe what i was hearing it was like you know we we think it's um really for the individual we don't we don't really like paying for well-being apps or initiatives because we really think it's the individual's responsibility to um take ownership and and to a degree i agree with that you know like it's always an individual's responsibility to take ownership of themselves yes for sure for sure but um but you know that that that's that's a little bit like saying, you know, we we you know we think that people should bring their own tea and coffee to work. You know, you don't you know you, you don't think twice about providing a coffee machine and all that, do you? You know, so it's um, in any investment that you make in helping people proactively improve their well-being um, will return in spades it's it's yeah like, I mean, it's, been, a, it's been proven time and time again yeah that's a super horrific statement i mean that person should be i mean that's so shocking i mean one yeah. is it's one is it's i mean from a human standpoint you know knowing you have a problem seeing the data and then saying yeah well you know it's still up to them we know the numbers are going to crap but it's yeah. their fault they should yeah. do it themselves yeah i mean and then whoa but yeah. Even materialistically, if you if you offer this and even if you pay, you make a deal and it's a dollar per employee per month, you're going to get back hundreds of thousands of dollars a month hmm. in less mistake, especially engineering firm, less mistakes, less repetition, you know, less errors. Hmm. Holy cow. Yeah. Happier people. <laughs> anyway, Absolutely. I mean. I actually have an idea, Alan, of doing a show uh, with HR people and around mental health. Because I am, I'm kind of a, I really do think that the way to impact this more quickly is through work and, mm. you know, and through a little bit more aggressive campaigns at work. And I think, I think it's the biggest benefit is through work. You know, I think yeah. the government's the least efficient. The government doesn't get anything out of it. It's just a, you know, another kind of bloated program. <clears throat> they're not good administering, but yeah. companies like what you're doing, and I'm sure there's other ones that are that are good. It's getting that to into people's hands, and that can come through the employer, and the employer is benefiting financially directly. Yeah, and it's morally the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. My my view is, you know, um, again, I don't I don't want to put everyone in the same bucket kind of thing, but sure, I do find that. Um, 
many of the people in these like well-being slash HR roles, um, they're 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 also very much old paradigm, you know, and um, and doing something different, you know, um, you know, you, you basically provide EAP services, um, oh, you, yeah. you do training, and um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I I kind of feel like the people to really get through to is um the the directors and and the leadership team because they're like like as as an example mm-hmm. if 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 it if it were my company i i would be i would be saying to every single department head in my company i want you to be measuring well-being in your department at least monthly and these are your targets right wow you know so well that'd be that's a change yeah give give them a kpi yes right give them a kpi where as a company you know like and and this is where i say it's got to come down from the top down you know you've you've you know um, if I was on a board of a company that um, you know I'm responsible for their success, I would be saying, okay, well, I need to, in, as well as my monthly financial yeah. statements, yes. yeah. I want a I want a monthly statement on the well-being of my people, of our people, um, by department, and we want to be setting targets that we're moving towards, and then everything flows down, right? If Let's just say you're head of engineering or head of sales, right? And you know that the average well-being of your people is, say, five and a half out of ten. And you've been told to get to six and a half out of ten within 12 months, right? Then you're going to be doing some things towards that right you're going to you're going to be interested in leading that component of, of your of your team instead of just putting pressure on people you know um yeah so that would that would be my yeah, advice yeah. to so, somehow get through to the leaders yeah i i love that idea that kpis are always somehow like you know as much as we always hate them um and they're such a wicked tool set that they do work mm. Exactly right. They, they do work. You know, what's what we used to have an old uh, saying in the insurance business, what what gets measured gets done. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it's in every it's every business. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when, if you put it on there and you got a measurement, someone's going to do yeah. something to move the needle. Yeah. I, and, and, again, and that, and that yeah. comes back to like the tools that people companies are already using. Right. Um, so. So these workshops that I we're love doing, that. I love where, that. Can you show me how effective they have been? We spent we spent a, we spent a hundred thousand dollars on these in the last month. Can you can you show me where they moved the needle? Mm-hmm. You know, it, to me it just sounds which so. Ne- yeah, which needle? I mean, yeah. you know, it's a team building. Oh, with the team be- the team building needle. <laughs> we track that daily. Oh. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I. How about some some closing thoughts? So this has been a fantastic conversation, and I know now I know a lot more about what you're doing, uh, and I love the idea that it's frictionless, right? Mm. It's very, you know it's really frictionless. 
the paradigm of the new leaders and everything that where the way to get it through. Um, I'm, I'm interested to follow the journey. So how about some, how about some closing thoughts, Alan? Tell us what, uh, you know, and remind people how they can get involved and, and, um, and find your stuff and, or find you, et cetera. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, come and find me there. Um, I'm, I'm an open book. I, you know, happy to reach out and talk to anybody. Um, yeah, I, I guess, um, you know, right, right now it's, um, anyone that can think they can help with get either getting the message out or, um, you know, getting it into their organization, mm. um, you know, reach out and let's have a conversation. That would be awesome. I love it. I love it. Alan, thanks. Thanks for, you know, being part of the little beehive here, you know, creating another little, uh, another little piece of info for people to, to go back to, et cetera. Uh, this show will be live after, as soon as we hang up, I'll see you on the other side of this. And then also this show will be out uh, on your traditional podcast channels in about 10 days. Thanks again, Alan. And thanks everybody very much. Thank you. Yeah. Loose baby. But we're about to go and, make this vessel with these great professionals yeah. in public class. We're not part of the community, but we're from the outer family of glass blowing. Yeah, we're going to go make a magical giant jar with optic lenses so that if you turn it, it changes all the time. So if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change.